Hello sacred souls and welcome to My Sacred Return, the podcast. I'm Liz and I created this space to help you connect with experiences that let you know you're understood. Whether you're struggling to juggle the weights of the world, feel like childhood wounds are still holding you back or just want to peek into the life of someone doing the work, I'm pretty sure that I have something for you here. So let's talk. my sacred souls and welcome back to another bonus episode of my sacred return the podcast thank you to everyone who's returning and if you're new here welcome i'm Liz. i thought i would switch that around this time um so this week's episode we spoke about firstborn daughters while well, being firstborn daughters me and my friend hannah and i thought that i would just add this bonus episode to expand on what parentification is Everyone is not a firstborn child, let alone a firstborn daughter. However, you don't have to be the firstborn to experience parentification. So I just wanted to make this little follow-up episode to explain what parentification is for those who are new to it, who possibly listened to the episode and were like, hmm, I wonder what that is, Um, to spare you a Google search, although I always say do your own research. But yeah, I'm just going to briefly touch over what parentification is and if you resonate with it, please let me know. Um, We're all in this together. So jumping straight into it, what is parentification? While parentification is a form of role reversal where a lack of boundaries within a family dynamic force a specific child to take on the role of an adult and to get even more specific, because of the parent's lack of awareness or presence, and we're going to get into different reasons why, parents parentify their child in a moment but the parentified child is forced to take on the role of a parent to either their siblings or their parents or both um and as a child of course you're not prepared for any of that you don't know how to parent you're not an adult you don't know how to be an adult so that is a very heavy weight to put on children and it is also very common that a lot of children have actually grown up being parentified. So moving into the type of parents that parentify their children. So emotionally immature parents, first of all, are the type of parents that parentify their children. Emotionally immature parents are parents who, for different reasons, do not have the emotional capacity to be able to decenter themselves enough to allow their children to be a priority in their own right. And by that, I mean where parents have children, they're supposed to have a specific amount of priority for their children and understand that their child has separate needs to theirs. Whereas when a parent has not been individuated properly, when a parent has not had the emotional growth that all of us as humans are supposed to have in life, they still live in a state of being a child themselves. Maybe they weren't fulfilled in childhood, we'll get into that but they're still in that state of not completely being actually able to meet another's needs because they don't yet know how to meet their own needs and they still have areas where they don't feel that their needs are met but if you really want to know about emotionally immature parents then I would highly recommend checking out the book Adult Children of Emotionally Immature Parents by Lindsay C. Gibson it's an amazing book. It honestly, it changed my life. I had to get it on audiobook as well so I can listen to it again and again. And I highly recommend it. It's brilliant. Um, so yeah, emotionally immature parents, first of all, they parentify their children. Parents who are neglectful or abusive in some ways also 
are prone to parentifying their children and in some cases parents who do not have a support system parentify their children not as consciously as the others so a parent who is abusive or neglectful they're making kind of a choice to walk down that path whereas sometimes say a parent who's ended up being a single parent and that maybe wasn't the plan and doesn't have friends siblings a support system for whatever reason due to these notions that have been in society for decades and decades and generations that asking for help is not a great thing to do although it's what we need. A lot of parents who then are left to be the parent that stayed with their child will actually parentify their child by expecting them to fulfill adult responsibilities. And oftentimes you will see dynamics where they highlight the fact that they stay, they're the only one that stuck around, no one else is there, that they need the child to do these things. But in fact, they're supposed to find another adult to be able to support them when it comes to emotional needs and adult responsibilities. And so I just wanted to show the difference because some parents may be doing it consciously and they're abusive and neglectful and they're not addressing their own issues in a conscious way that is very easy for us to identify. Whereas in some dynamics, it's harder to understand and gauge what's happening because there can be a parent that stayed and they're trying their best and you know your parents trying their best, but you could still grow up and feel hard done by. You could still grow up and feel like you were made to carry too many weights that you weren't prepared to carry and you might feel guilty to be able to say, I shouldn't have done this because you see that your parent was struggling on their own. However, although they may not have had awful intentions, it still wasn't healthy what they did because no child is supposed to have adult responsibilities. Sometimes in situations, whether they are doing it consciously or unconsciously, sometimes parents parentify their children because they were parentified as a child. So they're not understanding that children have their own specific needs because their needs weren't met as a child. They could still grow up then thinking, oh, this is just how things go. And maybe the needs that they thought they had as a child were, you know, them being a dreamer or not being realistic. And the word realistic is one that I really don't like. But when you are parentified, you do think your needs aren't important because they're never met parents who felt like this and we see this a lot as well in cultures i would say in my culture for example caribbean west indian culture there is a lot of that where the emotional needs of the children weren't met for grandparents and great grandparents ages and as time went by parents grew this cold tough love exterior that they put out and place these responsibilities on children that aren't actually for a child to do and it's like stay in a child's place but also don't get your needs met as a child grow up fast do this help out this is how things go and once you're of age to be able to get in the kitchen and do something it's like here you go and pass pass this tradition on and I, I have seen people trying to break free of that but it is the default for a lot of people in a lot of cultures so parentification itself is a default for a lot of people in a lot of cultures and by speaking about it we're able to actually separate it from tradition or culture to see it for what it is and make shifts and change things because if we look so far it hasn't really been working also parents who weren't necessarily parentified as a child but were abused or neglected they sometimes do also parentify their children again it's a pattern that we're seeing in a lot of things a lot of unhealthy dynamics a lot of the time we're seeing parents playing out their own 
emotional needs that were never met as a child with their own children because they think that now I have a child maybe they're going to meet these needs that I never had met for me and it's not how it's supposed to happen they're supposed to be met by an adult and if they're not and we get to the point that we're now an adult then we have to meet our needs ourselves and have other adults around us to support us we don't get to then pass it on to a child to heal our wounds because that was what was done to us in the first place and that's why things don't work because the dynamics have been for centuries that the adults are relying on children to come and change their life, the children to come and fix things that were broken long before them and it's supposed to be us as adults and the adults before us that are fixing things for the children which were us and the children that come after us to be able to have more ease. I don't want to say easy because everything in life is not supposed to just be easy but a lot more ease and a lot more simple. So um, another type of parent that would parentify their child could be a parent who experiences mental illness, um, personality disorders, substance abuse issues, again, due to their own, the things that they've been going through, things that they've been through that will lead them down those paths um, that have caused them, whether it's illness and things like that. Oftentimes you'll find that children who are parentified may have a parent who suffers, or in some cases they may have a sibling who suffers. So a lot of children who have a sibling who has disabilities, for example, are forced to take on some sort of adult roles and parent roles as a child. And I think it's important for us to help. And as a sibling, it's important to, for us to start to identify what it actually means to be a sibling. Because yes, of course, you want to help your siblings. But when it comes to the point where you are in an adult role and responsible for the life of your sibling, the wellness of your sibling, past the point that you can control to the point that it's causing stress for a child, that's not healthy because children shouldn't really be stressed. No one should be stressed. What stress does to the mind, the body, the DNA is awful, but children especially are so fragile. They can't possibly process and don't have the tools to process. Most adults don't yet have the tools because you have to seek them, but children don't have access to be able to seek all of these things. So these things are not supposed to be placed on children. So these are the types of parents who could parentify their children. So there are two main types of parentification, emotional parentification and instrumental parentification. When we look at emotional parentification, we're looking at a child who feels responsible for the emotional well-being of their parents or their siblings or both and they often feel the need to be a peacemaker. And these types of children grow into adults who are people pleasers. So if you notice people who are people pleasers and you've got friends and peers around that they never say no to their family or they're always stressed, always trying to fix their family issues. And especially if you're a healthy person looking at this, I've learned a lot from people who had healthy dynamics looking at me like that's not normal. And um, what's that sound on TikTok? that's not normal and I think you should get some help or something. Um, I've had healthy, people who had healthy dynamics look at me like, that's not normal and that's helped me. So if you are in a healthy state or you've been around people who have questioned, like you shouldn't be doing all of that for your siblings and your parents and things like this and you're a people pleaser in other areas as well, it could indicate that there was some parentification so you might wanna just pay attention to these little signs and see if any of them relate to you so then you know where to look because I think it's important that once we do identify these things, 
when you know a name of something, when you know what something is, it helps you identify and then you're able to heal because when we don't know what we're trying to heal, we're just like, okay, inner child healing because I had some trauma in life and everyone wants to do this generic healing, but it's not generic, it's specific. Everyone has a specific story, everyone has a specific situation and by finding the names for the things that were part of your experience and then being able to understand them mm. you're able to look at things differently especially as an adult yourself if you're listening to this as an adult you're able to look at it from an adult's eyes imagining then yourself as a child understanding what these things are that they're not healthy and that they weren't your fault and that's how we really process them to be able to work through them and release them so i do hope that just hearing what parentification is if these things do feel familiar they are helpful to you so you know where to start looking if you haven't looked into this before and then the second type well second main type of parentification is instrumental parentification and that is where a child physically takes on the parental role and so you'll see this as the children that have to go and pick up their younger siblings from school, feed them, feed the family, do different chores, you know, for all of the family. And I'm not saying that we don't need chores. Of course we need chores. We need to learn how to be independent and how to look after ourselves. That's part of the individuation as children growing up. We do need to learn these things. However, in healthy ways, in ways that are conducive to our development, that don't hinder it. You find that in dynamics where there is instrumental parentification, it's too extreme, it's too severe, there are too many things placed on the child. There are responsibilities that adults should be doing. And in those dynamics, you do often find that it's very clear that there are responsibilities given to children that the adults actually don't do anymore. In a healthy dynamic, a parent could be the one who washes up when they cook and things like that, and then maybe it gets to the point where the child's old enough now to be able to help wash up after they have family meals and things like that and that could be completely healthy and that can be fine but then when you see the parent that the parent never cooks the child always has to cook now the child always cleans the child does everything and the parent doesn't do any of those things it is questionable as to why they think the child is supposed to be responsible there's one thing to help and there's another thing to just place all of the burdens on the children and this is not what we're supposed to be having children for i know we hear it in so many cultures well this is what a child for to help the parents to help the grandparents to visit to do all of these things that's not what a child's here for the child comes through you to have their own experience we as adults and the adults before us are supposed to guide the children in this world to teach the children in this world how to maneuver through it and then to watch over them you know correct them and things like that but not to micromanage and definitely not to pass on the things that we aren't willing to or aren't able to deal with onto the children. That's not their place and it's not our place to do that. So now we know what parentification is. If you are someone who you're thinking that you're resonating with some of these things or you know someone and it sounds familiar, here are just some signs then of someone who has been parentified and how it can show up. So as a child, if you were often called mature as a child, you could have been parentified. Children are not supposed to be called mature. And a lot of the times when children are called mature and there's 
And I don't mean just one-off. I mean, like, often called, oh, you're so mature, you're so responsible. As a child, these are the words that we are supposed to associate with adults. These are the words that, as an adult, you have responsibilities. As a child, to be so mature and so responsible and so developed, it's very rigid and it's a very rigid space. It's like a cage for a child because children are supposed to be associated with words like free and wild and fun and creative and energetic and all of those things. Maturity is something that should come with life experience and wisdom where we apply knowledge to action and we create wisdom that's where maturity comes so although it's not associated exclusively with age it is something that you do develop over time with a lot of life experience and for children to be identified as being mature it means that yes they may have a lot of life experience but as a child to have so much life experience that they're called mature that's concerning because a child should not have that much life experience they should be experiencing themselves and figuring themselves out and they should be getting their own personal identity experience but life experience knowing how to do things that adults should be doing it's concerning i know i used to as a child i used to think oh it's great i'm being called mature i feel so grown by these things and now I look back and I'm like crikey if I have a child god forbid anyone's calling them mature these are trigger words now that I'm like no one's calling my child mature thank you no matter how wise they are I feel like they'll be wise but no if as a child then um you felt like you were never really got to be a child you never really got to be playful you felt like you were always being corrected to the point that you never wanted to do anything that's a sign then that you could have been parentified or even just seen as above your years more responsibilities placed on you very rigid so that is a sign that you could be could have been parentified some more signs are if you have an inability to like lighten up and be playful again linked to the previous of feeling like you never really got to be a child if you feel the need to always be the caregiver in relationships that's a huge sign that you could have been parentified in childhood and um, if you find in yourself have trust issues and of course trust issues can be applied to many things so i would say trust issues and some of these other signs if it's just trust issues alone that's not necessarily saying that you could have been but i think if you've listened to this episode so far and you feel like it resonates and then you say yeah i do also have trust issues it's an indicator that maybe you were parentified if you struggle to meet your own needs that's a sign of a lot of different kind of unhealthy childhood dynamics so again parentification could fall under that umbrella but that could also be a sign of enmeshment it could be a sign of covert incest it could be a sign of a lot of unhealthy dynamics but children who have a healthy dynamic are supposed to be taught and shown and guided to learn how to meet their own needs and given the space to do so so if you struggle to meet your own needs and it's something that you struggled with for your whole life then you do want to look backwards because there is a point then where you were made to feel like you weren't allowed to have your own needs so you might want to check into where this came from whether it was when did you start trying to do things for yourself or start wanting to do things for yourself and that you were told you can't do them and how did it affect you? Little things as a child, you know, we're told not to touch things or do things as a child and for some people it could be that and they could be so fearful, um, depending on the reaction, say if they were beat for touching something as a child and then they grow up not wanting to try new things that's a sign obviously of something unhealthy i mean being beat is completely unhealthy i don't agree with hitting your children there's nothing that anyone can tell me that makes hitting your children okay absolutely nothing i don't care what your culture is i don't care if you think it's discipline i don't care if you think that gentle parenting isn't real 
There's nothing you can tell me that makes hitting your children acceptable in my eyes. However, as children, if you're silenced, if you're told that your opinion doesn't matter, that it's wrong all the time, that you want to do things and you're told you're not allowed to do them, it's bring shame on the family, it's not what we do, things like that, and then you grow up and you're struggling to meet your own needs, it's a sign of an unhealthy dynamic in childhood and that shows up often in parentification cases. And then if you just are realising that you were handed inappropriate responsibilities for your age in your family dynamic, because some people just start to kind of think when you get older and especially if you've had children I don't have children yet but I've had I have a lot of friends and family and people around who have children and I've noticed the shift in when my peers become parents that's when they start to see children as these beautiful little beings or oh, five 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 on the clock and um, beautiful little beings that deserve freedom and that are separate to themselves and also as you're seeing your child develop say your child is five years old and you know at five years old you had these responsibilities that at the time felt like a lot for you but you still did them anyway and then you see your five-year-old and you wouldn't dare give them those responsibilities sometimes that's when you awaken to the fact that there was something wrong in childhood or that you were parentified by actually seeing another child your child or even someone else's child and actually understanding how fragile a child is because i think oftentimes when you are parentified you yourself don't understand the fragility of yourself as a child because you've been placed in these roles that have been above your needs and you're trying to meet them thinking that's what a perfect child or a child of your age is supposed to do and it takes growing up to an adult and looking down at children to realise that that's not actually healthy so these are just some signs of someone who has been parentified that, that might show up if you've been parentified or if you're noticing these signs in someone else that you know maybe send this episode to them so they can kind of see that it wasn't healthy that they, what they went through I think it's so important for us to identify what's not healthy because in some dynamics especially if you know that your parent was abusive and neglectful it's easier to be able to understand that I had an unhealthy dynamic but if your parent necessarily wasn't you didn't feel like they were abusive you feel like they tried their best and you feel guilty for feeling unfulfilled or unsatisfied or that it was too much it's important to identify that someone can do something and it can be unhealthy for you and they still don't have to have awful intentions a lot of parents make mistakes a lot of parents don't have the awareness they may not have bad intentions, they may love you to pieces, but their own development, these patterns continue. So by us understanding these things, we can not only just heal ourselves, but we can also heal those that came before us and show people that you can do things differently. We don't have to do things the same way that they've been done for years and years, especially if they're not working, especially if they are not working because a lot of these things have been happening for so many years and they don't work. Parentification's never gonna work because it's an unhealthy dynamic and we don't thrive off unhealthy things, we thrive off good health, so we need to change, we need to change the narrative, and so before we then wrap this up, um, ways to heal from parentification, because I can't just tell you all about this and then just say, okay, now you know it, you're healed, um, but some ways to heal, I would say start setting boundaries with your parents and siblings, this might be the hardest thing, but it's the most beneficial because you now need to be able to have a new relationship with those people first before you go out and have your relationships with others, before you change your relationships with your children and things like that. You need to be able to set boundaries. Now, if you're in a no contact dynamic, then you keep it no contact. If 
that's the healthiest thing for you but being able to voice that what your boundaries are and identify what your boundaries are I have an episode on boundaries so you could check that out it's one of the first episodes if you need help figuring out what your boundaries are but identify your boundaries and then set them with your parents and siblings seek efficient support and this is so important get yourself a counsellor like me get a therapist get a mentor someone specifically someone who understands childhood wounds would be the best because if you're getting yourself a counsellor who doesn't know anything about childhood wounds or is really biased that can hinder your healing so you want to find someone who you feel is open-minded and understands about childhood wounds. Work through things with them. It's always important to have support. If you do have a support system, you have friends and things like that that you can speak to, it's important to then speak to them and, you know, open up. But if you feel more comfortable speaking to a stranger, I feel like a lot of people do feel more comfortable at first unpacking things with a stranger. I would look into finding a counsellor or a mentor who can help you work through these things because it is a lot when you do realise these things, it is a lot to go through and if you are left to your own devices to figure these things out and then continue about day to day and you've got nowhere to kind of discuss it, it can make it a lot more difficult so do seek efficient support and not from a child, not from a child, from another adult. Another thing I would say is find some healing practices that keep you grounded. So I am an advocate for journaling, absolutely. I think writing is so therapeutic. It's so important though to take the things that you're feeling and bring them out so that you can see them. The best way to do that is to write them out onto paper and then look back at it, read over it to be able to understand and it helps you unpack your feelings and do it consistently. So don't just journal once and then never journal again, like consistently do it. Even if it's the end of the day and you just write a sentence to say how you felt this day, what showed up for you this day. And then at the end of the week, if you look at all the things that showed up and then you write yourself a summary of, okay, these things showed up throughout the week. I think this is identified with this. I think this is attached to this. Another thing that I would say which is really good when it comes to journaling, look up different dynamics. So if you hear things like parentification, for example, look up parentification and study it for yourself. Study what it, what parentification means. Write it down. If you find any quizzes, do some quizzes. But like really write it down. And then when you're journaling, say, okay, I found out this, for example. This is parentification. I found out what this is. How does it make me feel hearing about this? How does it make me feel knowing that what I felt and what I was going through, it was happening and it wasn't fair and it wasn't my fault? How much have I carried with me throughout life because of this? What experiences do I think I could have avoided if I understood this beforehand? How do I feel knowing that I didn't have a healthy dynamic as a child and I deserved it? It's important for us to face these things because we don't want to suppress our feelings. Yes, we're adults now. Yes, we are now in control of our own lives but we always weren't and you can still love your parent and have a great relationship with your parent and identify that what they did beforehand wasn't healthy and it made life harder for you than it could have been or should have been because by being clear on that you're able to actually put yourself in a mode where you can give yourself the compassion you deserve I think so many people want to skip the victim stage like oh I'm not a victim I'm a survivor you know I'm a survivor 
In order to be a survivor, first of all, you must have had to have been a victim. And we have to be able to see ourselves as once being a victim, to be able to give ourselves the compassion we need to understand that something was done to us or for us that wasn't beneficial so that we can honestly move forward, so that we can honestly forgive. We can't just forgive by being dismissive. We can't heal by being dismissive. We have to really unpack things. So again, as I said, seek efficient support when you're working through these things because it is hard. Even if it's just a friend, it's a group, you know, um, online now, there are so many spaces that you can join, online courses, groups. You can pay monthly and sign up for and it's important for us to get into community and spaces, look for recovery groups, look for support groups, get involved with people who are also going through and unpacking the same things as you. You're not the only person going through these things and not in a way to dismiss you, but in a way to, there are other people who you can go through these things with and you can heal with and you can feel supported with. So it's important, seek the support, journal, unpack your feelings and take responsibility for your healing and for your future. Yes, even if we were parentified in childhood, yes, that's not fair. But now you're an adult, take control. Don't sit and wait for your parents to apologise. Don't sit and wait for your parents to take accountability. Don't sit and wait for anybody else to give you something to heal. Because why waiting for someone else to give you something? You're still giving your control away. And this is your life. You may have not had the start that you needed. But right now, you can decide that you're going to start fresh and you can move forward. Unpack what needs to be unpacked, but do it in doses that allow you to still live your life. You don't wanna spend 24 seven on this journey where you're constantly around the clock trying to figure and unpack things and forcing people to see where you're coming from. You just need to understand things for yourself so that you can make a different decision tomorrow and then a different decision the next day and the decisions that you want to make and you can figure out what is for you, what's not for you and do it compassionately. I say compassion, I feel like I've said compassion so much in this episode, but that's a, a major key to be able to see yourself as someone that is enough and that deserves, you deserve a healthy life, you deserve support, you deserve to understand these things, you deserve to find your voice again, you deserve to be listened to, you deserve to be cared for, and all of those things, you have to start doing them to yourself first. And by taking care of yourself, it builds you up to have the defensive that when you go out into this world, you have the boundaries, you have your baseline and foundation that you've set for yourself because you're not, you don't belong to your parents, you don't belong to anybody else, you belong to yourself. And so we have to first do these things for us and pour into ourselves. So take responsibility for your healing and your future. Don't wait for someone to find you a counsellor, you find them. Don't wait for someone to give you an apology. You accept for yourself. The only closure that we ever need in a situation is understanding that something happened. What we decide to do from then on is up to us. And I would also say that it's so important, the most important thing actually, is to learn that blame is not yours. The blame is not yours to carry. And we find ourselves carrying others' shame so often, carrying others' wounds so often, things bleeding onto us that we didn't cause or start so often. That's the part that is very hard for people. I found that hard too. It's very hard for people to be able to understand that the abuse was not your fault. The neglect was not your fault. The parentification was not your fault. But as hard as it is, it's true. And so apologise to your inner child. 
there are inner child meditations that you can do if you want me to make you guys one an inner child apology meditation i will do that for you but you can do it you can do all of these things i say i'm like i will i can do these things to help you you know support just to be there to support you along the way but you can do it apologize to your inner child really sit with yourself for carrying the things that you didn't need to carry because as i said it starts within and we have to move forward and we have to take accountability for our life moving forward and although as a child you didn't have the responsibility and nothing is yours to carry but as an adult still carrying these things still being attached missing out on experiences because you're still attached to the old notions of who you were made to believe that you are you are not what anybody else decides you are you are what you decide you are you have to get comfortable in your truth. Get comfortable in apologising to yourself when you carry things that aren't yours. Not to think that you're perfect. Because understanding this doesn't mean it's never going to happen again. Understanding this doesn't mean that you may not have a default of wanting to parentify your child on accident. Understanding this doesn't mean that you're just going to wake up tomorrow and never people please again it doesn't mean that understanding it is just giving you something to go back to that when you do find yourself in these habits again some point is going to say oh no i don't do this anymore because this doesn't feel good for me so this episode basically has been about parentification the last thing i will say is that healing from parentification we have to get comfortable using our voice telling our stories speaking up for ourselves so important and hard all these things i'm saying i'm not expecting you to think oh they're easy you know i feel like when i speak anyway people are like it's easy for you to say no it's not it's not easy for me to say it actually isn't easy for me to say or do but it has to be done anyway because i like you deserve a life a free life to live not to just exist, to live life and a healthy life. And I want you all to have a healthy life and to understand these things so that you can. So this episode was explaining to you what parentification is in a nutshell. And I hope that now you understand it, if you find it applies, do some more research if you need to. If this has been helpful for you, then please leave a review in the comment section. It just helps um, push this out, not comment section, sorry, in the review section, whether you're listening on Apple or Spotify. On Apple, you can actually type a review. On Spotify, you can just rate. So please, you know, rate it five stars, leave a review so it helps push it out to others who need to hear it. If you know someone who has experienced these things or it sounds familiar, send it over to them. And if you are a parent and you're finding that you're doing these things to your children, I don't want you to listen to this and beat yourself up about it. I want you to listen to this and understand and look back and see where these things came from. Were you parentified as a child? Were you neglected or abused as a child? And... You can just start changing today, small steps. We can make these small steps together and I think it's important that we're honest about these things and we tell these things to our peers so that everyone can help support us and then they can see, hey, you're doing that again. And we have to have that open heart and open mind to listen and take these things and understand that everyone isn't trying to judge us. Some people are trying to help us and so 
I hope that this has been helpful to you all. I hope that the episode with Hannah was helpful. If you haven't listened to it, go and check that out. It came out on Wednesday. It was about firstborn daughters and I think it was a brilliant episode. Um, I loved the conversation. And yeah, I want to say thank you again for all being here. I hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I love that we have bonus episodes now every fortnight because it allows us to just go a bit deeper into some topics that can just help everyone. So I hope it's been helpful and beneficial. I love you all. I appreciate you all. Thank you for being here with me again. And until next time. Thank you for joining me for an episode of My Sacred Return, the podcast. I hope this space made you feel comfortable and that you'll return next week. If you feel called to, please subscribe and tell a friend to tell a friend. You can keep up with me on Instagram at mysacredreturn and the rest of my social media links will be in the description box. See you next time, sacred souls.